Blog Talk Radio. to hear 
what you have to bring to the show as well. The first and easiest way is just to call me. That's all. Call us at 347-838-8622. Once again, that's 347-838-8622. Press number one on your keypad if you want to comment on something we're talking about. We'll bring you into the conversation, and we'll go from there. The chat room is also open at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mr. Talk. Okay, now once you come into the chat room, you come in as a guest, or you you um, create a username of your choosing, of course, and uh, you'll be able to comment on what's going on in the chat room. Because I'm always putting something in the chat room. You know, I'm steady typing, so... So if you want to participate there, that's how you can do that as well. And then there's the emails. You can email myself or my co-host. My email is ericletslets, talk at gmail.com. And co-host is p.leona.ross24 at gmail.com as well. Okay? So those are all the ways you participate in the show. And as I mentioned before, we do want to hear what you have to say. We we want to know what's on your mind. We want to know, you know, what do you use when you get in a disagreement with with your your spouse or your significant other or whatever you want to call them? Oh, well, how do you handle that? So, this is a group participation type of show. That's a good word for it. A group participation type of show, which makes it just wonderful. Makes it wonderful. Okay, so with all that being said, it's that time, y'all, for me to go ahead and bring my co-host in. All right. Good afternoon, P. Ross. How are you doing today? You doing okay? Yes, I'm doing great. Oh, that's what I'm talking about. Let's think about the show today. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. It's going to be a great show. It's going to be a great show. Got a lot of good information. Um, got a lot of controversial information as well. Want to get the feelers out there for, you know, how the audience feels about, you know, the latest decisions that's been made, you know, the pros, the cons, the indifference, you know, all of it. We want to hear all of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pretty excited. Right. Right. Okay. That's what I'm talking about right there. That's what I'm talking about right there. Woo! All right. So, Oh, yeah, let, let, let us go on and put this out here. We will no longer be doing a quote of the day during the beginning of the show. But to replace the quote of the day, we'll be doing inspirational sayings, readings, what have you, at the end of the show. So don't get upset if you don't hear a quote of the day at the beginning, okay? We're just changing up a little bit. Uh, yeah, that, that should be a good thing. <laughs> should be a good thing. All right, so. Uh, without further ado, let's go on and knock the song of the day out because, yeah, we have a lot to cover today, and I want to make sure we get it all in because this is a good show today. It's a good day today, y'all. It's a good day to be living, good day to be breathing. Yeah, that it is. Welcome to the show, Guest 219. I see you. All right, so without further ado, here's your song of the day. Mr. Dan Hartman and I can dream about you. All right. Joy.
right there. What a wonderful song. What a wonderful song. You know, sometimes you can't be close to that one that you want to be with, so nothing wrong with dreaming about them. You know what I mean? You dream about holding them tight and, you know, just cuddling with them and laughing and joking. Yeah. Sometimes even getting in a little fight. <laughs> but anyway, that was your song of the day. I, 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 I have to be careful. I get to go back to. Uh, anyway, yeah. So hope you enjoyed it, man. I always like bringing some of them oldies back, man. The oldies sometimes them oldies have have to have that good thought process going again. And I'm like, man, I ain't heard that song in a long time. Oh yeah, that that's a good song. Oh yeah, I'm thinking about my baby now. As I'm listening to that song. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then you lose yourself in thought. Yeah. Come on back, come on back, come on back. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I zoned for a minute, y'all. I'm sorry, I zoned for a minute. Oh, no, no, no. But anyway. anyway yeah, we got, yeah. Uh, well, we ain't got time for you to be daydreaming. Yeah. We got work to do. <laughs> I know, right? I know. All right. So, oh, man, I tell you, that made me think of some good things. I tell you. Um, so it, well, you know, it's that time, y'all. Without a doubt, it's that time. Uh, Pete Ross is about to bring you the black, the black history moment, the black history person of the show. So, without further ado, I'm turning it over to my co-host, the one, the only, Pete Ross. Take it away. All right, all right. This is, you guys probably have never heard of him, but his name is Sir, yes, Sir, William Arthur Lewis. Yes, he was knighted, just one of the things that he accomplished. Um, And he was an economist. He was an economic uh, Nobel Prize winner, I believe. And um, and it was, this article is entitled Economic Explained. It's written by Madison Gray. And it just says that this is what Mr. or Sir Lewis, I should say, accomplished. The problem of economics in the developing nation has always been a very complex equation that no theorist, those people who try to figure it out, put their theories on it, try to explain it to everybody, has been able to solve. However, disparities between agrarian and industrialized economies, that's agriculture and industry uh, economies, and how they relate and balance each other has its roots in the theories of economist William Arthur Lewis. He was born in 1915 in St. Lucia, and he saw firsthand the economic imbalances shouldered by the poor in developing nations that unfortunately still exist. Although a British colony, his country was stricken by abject poverty. An excellent student, he attended the London School of Economics and quickly became professor at the University of Manchester. At Manchester, the influx of Asian and African students spawned a deeper interest in learning about the economy of their nation. So while traveling through Bangkok in 1952, Lewis realized that for the most part, wages in poor nations stayed constant while profits soared, which went against the assumption that an investment increase should raise the wages and stabilize the capital return rate. Both problems had the same answer, demographics. It turns out that developing nations were divided into two parts, a traditional agricultural sector 
that had an abundance of labor but low wages and productivity and a modern industrial sector which carried higher wages and higher productivity but more demand for labor. Continue in the latter as long as investment continues. If labor transfers from the traditional to the modern sector, eventually both production and wages will equalize. But even today, that has not happened because we still have migrant workers make, making pennies a day. So this meant that the fixed labor supply was not really relevant to coordination with lots of underemployed workers. But if there were dual sectors, it would help the economies of poor countries in the long term because manufacturing, which had a labor shortage, could pull from agricultural, which had an overabundance. This concept was termed the dual sector model and was cataloged in Lewis' signature work, Theory of Economic Growth, in 1955. Although controversy and debate dogged him throughout his career, and other theories are now seen as beginnings of international development economics. Lewis continued on the path of advocating development in four nations. He was named principal of the University of West Indies and later became an economic advisor to the fledgling nation of Ghana. He was knighted, see I told you he was knighted, in 1963. In 1970, he helped form the Caribbean Development Bank based in Barbados, which lent money to borrowing member nations to improve their economies based largely on the dual sector model. In 1979, while teaching at Princeton University, he won the Nobel Prize for Economics for his pioneer research on developing nations. The first black person to win a Nobel, aside from from the Peace Prize, in 1983. In 1983, he retired and became president of the American Economics Association, where he remained until his death in 1981. Now, that was Sir, you put that Sir in there, Sir William Arthur Lewis, Economic Explain, a black man. There it is. All right. Now I'm talking about against Sir. They call you me Sir. <laughs> Thank you very much for that. All right. That's your black history person. Uh, as you, As we always say, Black history don't stop just because it's not it's not February because it's February, okay? So hey, y'all want to know more about him? Look him up. You know, go to YouTube, or you know, I'm sure he has a site. You know, you type your name in Google, and uh, some more information will come about um, the black history person. All right, so all right, so we got that done. Now it's time to get on with the the, the little nuggets. So we can get to the big nugget of conflict uh, re- resolution and relationships. What are we fighting for? Because that's what we're talking about today. But before we get there, there's a couple of things that's going on that um, as much as I as much as I try not to comment on, I, I can no longer hold my tongue on this. So on these couple items here. So <clears throat> y'all bear with me if I get carried away. Okay. Well, of course, y'all know my, my co-host is going to tell me shut up eventually. But anyway, let's talk about the hood secretary himself, Mr. Ben Carson. Uh, now, you know, it's interesting because you haven't heard much from Ben. I mean, you really hadn't heard much, much about Ben Carson since he, he was um, elected hood secretary. Well, 
you're going to hear something from him now. Because Ben Carson is proposing tripling the amount of money the poorest households are expected to pay for rent. Okay? And he's also, uh, the, the, uh, the proposal also encourages those receiving housing subsidies to go to work. Go to work. So basically those that live in Section 8 housing, uh, I don't know some of the other programs, but you know when you don't pay full rent, when rent is basically based on your your income or lack of income, yeah, those individuals, you, um, it's it's suggests that this would affect more than 4.5 million families. Now, usually tenants pay around 30% of their adjusted income toward rent um, or public housing uh, minimum rent, which is capped at basically $50 a month, okay, for the poorest of the poorest family. However, the proposal sets the family monthly rent contribution at 35%. So they're going to raise it. He wants to raise it 5%, from 30 to 35% of your gross income or 35% of their earnings working 15 hours a week at the federal minimum wage. Now, let's be honest, 15 hours a week, the federal minimum wage is $7.25. No, yeah. That's right, right, Ross? That's the minimum wage, $7.25. That's $7.25. Yeah. Yeah, now we know, we do know there are states out there that have a higher uh, minimum wage than what the federal one is. But the federal, dealing with this, the federal minimum wage is $7.25. Um, and the cap would be $150, okay? So if you live in Section 8, you're paying $40, and, you know, and it goes up whatever. The most you will ever, you will have to pay is $150. Now, for some of some of those families, that that is a, a battle in itself. I hate to say it like that, but it is. Um, the budget proposal for 2019 fiscal year, Encourages work and self-sufficiency across its rental assistance programs. The reforms will require adults, those that's working, to shoulder more of their housing costs and provide an incentive to increase their earnings. HUD seeks to change the deductions that could be considered when determining a tenant's rent, eliminating deductions for medical and child care costs. Of course, all this is going to have to be approved by Congress. Huh. Now, okay. So, Section 8 individuals out there, you better watch out because this has been in the works for a while. This is it's new, but it's not new. It's just that it has actually been brought forward now. And, yeah, they're talking about raising your rent. So for those that are sitting at home doing nothing, you know, paying $35 a month or whatever, and you can get out there and work, it's time to get up and do what you need to do. Stop being lazy. Get your behinds up and go to work. All right? For those out there sitting there living on somebody else, get up and go to work. All right? Now, usually I'll, I'll be all over like, no, this is not a good idea. This sucks. Up. This may be actually a good idea. I really can't say it's a bad thing. 
because um, we know we know those individuals that some of the individuals that stay in houses they don't they don't work they don't do nothing and but yet they they you know they pig out because they don't have to pay that much rent however they making their money well it's time for you as Bill Cosby said you know pull your pants up tighten your shoelaces and get your behinds out there and go to work go to work <laughs> all right. Now, the question is, if, if they're going to force these, into, uh, you know, go to work and raise their rent or what have you, the question is, are they going to fix some of the the, 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 um, the maintenance issues that some of these places have? You know, so, you know, it's going to have to be a give and take, to take on this thing. But I, I say for those that's actually able to work, go and work, Okay. Do it. And you may actually be able to move out of where you're living at anyway, which is even better. Which is even better. All right, don't be going out there trying to marry nobody just so you you don't have to work. That, that's not going to work like that, okay? I'm just saying. All right, uh, Pete, you got anything to say before I bring this one call in? I see they got they have their hands up. Um, no, the only thing that I did see anything? in this article, the only thing that I did see in this article that I, I wanted to um, say that this is only required, um, this work thing is only required for um, the residents that are under 60 years of age. It specifically says mm-hmm. for those under 60. Yeah. Now, again, Thank keep you. in mind, under, under 60, under 60. Now, keep in mind, it still mm-hmm. has to go through Congress for approval. This is just what he's mm-hmm. supposed to Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you, ma'am, for that. Uh, let's bring this call in and see what they have to add to, the, to this topic here. All right, area code 470. Welcome to the show. Who do I have here? Where are you calling me from? Hey, Mr. Talk, and your esteemed colleague. Oh, Lord. Hey. Shout out you know who it is. On? You know who it is. Yeah. <laughs> Long What's time up, my brother? talk. Talk to me. Oh, I'm just. Yes, sir. You know, I'm living the life. I I kind of got on late, <laughs> but I was hearing what your um what your co-host was reading about uh, basic economics. But I wasn't mm-hmm. sure what that was regarding in terms of going through that whole spiel. Was that in relationship to um, what are we fighting for? No, no, no. That was a black history moment. Oh, okay. This was, yes, okay. yes. Yeah, that was, that, that was a black history moment. That was Sir William Arthur Lewis. And his work that he did with a great industrialized economics. Got it. Yes. So we're talking about the issues of conflict resolution in relationships. (laughs) Yeah, we haven't got to that yet. Right now we're talking about Ben Hudson's proposal to um, raise subsidized housing to 30% of the gross income. 35% 35% of their gross income, or 35%, 35% of their yeah, Yeah, 35% of their 15 hours a week at the federal minimum wage. And that's for tax purposes, yeah. right? Right. Uh, 
No, no he's doing it as a part of the welfare reform that started way back in the Clinton era in 1992 to, to cut the federal budget, and so to speak. So this yeah. is his proposal. And what do you guys mm-hmm. think about that? And what do you guys think about uh, what, that? Propose, just, yeah, just propose, so I can get an propose? idea of, of where we are. Yeah. Okay, no problem. I I feel the proposal is it's a good idea. It really is. It's a good idea because you know we know we have those out there that are too lazy. They're too lazy, and so they need to get up and do something. You know, I think it's a good idea. However, I think if they're going to go ahead and, and institute this new change, somebody needs to take care of some of the um, the maintenance problems that a lot of these homes and, uh, 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 for lack of a better word, apartment high rise um, have. You know, if you're going to make pay more, I want to make sure I have working um, equipment in the house as well. You know, I want some heat, I want some air conditioning, I want my, my stove to work right. So it's it's going to have to be a give and take here. But, of course, it's got to go through Congress and, you know, how long that may take. So this may not even come into effect for another year or two. But as, but as of right now, my, my personal opinion of it is it's a good idea. Okay. And, and my rebuttal to that is for people who are in subsidized housing, when you submit these mm-hmm. types of proposals that will generate theoretically more revenue, um, it's going to put a hardship on those who are not able to meet the criteria for legitimate reasons. Because usually okay. when these proposals go through, they're unilateral. So everybody's in every, – Basically, everybody's in the same group, regardless of your circumstances. That would Mm -hmm. be the only issue I would have with that, is that, yeah, it might eliminate cheaters, but it will penalize people who are not cheating. Mm. Okay. Right. Well, in in the proposal itself, it mentions workable people, those that are able to get out and actually go to work. I think what happened, if there's some extenuating circumstance uh, that's keeping you from doing that, I think that would be, from my understanding of the, what I read from in the article and the proposal, uh, you'd be given, you know, a different standard or you'd be given a little bit more leeway compared. I mean, it's not going to be just strictly across the board. I think just basically for those that's eight, um, under 60 and, and have the ability to get out there and go to work. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, in in that regard, I mean, it might work, but knowing how the federal government works, man, that's mm-hmm. like pushing a semi up a hill. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's definitely a battle if you get it going at all. Mm. All right. And it's and well, it's this you, Trump's Appreciate proposal. It. Oh, no, it's um. Um, ben Carson, Carson, oh, geez. you know the hood secretary, okay. the black guy. Yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> yeah, him. Yeah, 
Yeah, that guy right there. So yeah, it's his proposal. But I'm sure you know he had he sat down with um, 45 and um, they discussed it. But yeah. But okay, thank you, Shadow Man. I'm gonna put you back in the queue because we got to keep it moving because I I know you apparently you want to talk a little bit about this um, conflict resolution. So when we get to it, I make sure um, I'm look for I'm looking for you to uh, come back into the uh, conversation. Okay. Okay. Work. All right. Okay, y'all. So that's what was going on with Ben Carson. All right. So now, now I want to talk about something that's really as a part to what Shadow Warrior was saying about people that, that couldn't uh, do it. It did state that um, seniors over the age of 65 and individuals with disability would be exempt from the increase. But only for the go. first six, but only for the first six years, and they would also be exempt from any work requirement. Yeah, you know why it's the six years, right? Because they figure yeah. they probably die by the end. Yeah, that's that's what yeah. that is. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, that that sounds cruel, but it's the truth. That's probably how they're figuring it out. I mean, think over sixty-five, six years, right. like seventy-one, seventy-two. Yeah, yeah. yeah they start yeah. passing on by the end. Yeah. So, hmm. All right, y'all. As I was about to say, I try not to talk about this as much, too much, but I couldn't help it. I, I can't help it today. I, I need to get this off my chest. And uh, we're talking about uh, Bill Cosby. He's been found guilty. Oh, um, three counts of aggravated indecent uh, assault. That's the word. Yeah, <laughs> aggravated indecent assault. And it's interesting. It is very, very, very interesting that uh, that was what they charged him with. They actually charged him with instead of rape, but because number one in, in the state of Pennsylvania, rape, you know, the statute of limitation is like six years or something. So they really couldn't bring that back. But although they did open a confidential sealed document, uh, deposition, to get this, uh, although, you know what? I'm not going to say it anymore. Why don't you open and play these two clips? The first one, you're going to hear the comedian Hannibal Barris telling the actual joke, the actual joke that brought all this up to, up, uh, up to, to the top. Okay, and then you're gonna hear a political ad by the prosecutor Kevin Steele when he was running for office just before he, you know, he got he he got elected and went after Bill Cosby. Okay, and then well, anyway, here it is. I'll let y'all listen, and we'll come back and talk about it. Thirteen, and it's even worse. Than Bill Cosby has the fucking smuggest old black man public persona that I hate. Get some TV. Pull your pants up, black people. I was on TV in the 80s. I can talk down to you because I had a successful sitcom. Yeah, it was great women, Bill Cosby. So, kind of brings you down a couple notches. I don't curse on stage. Well, yeah, you're a rapist, so. Peggy's there. Lots of motherfuckers on Bill Cosby himself if you weren't a rapist. I don't know why, what I'm doing by telling you. I guess one of these at least make it weird for uh, 
honestly, I really feel as as though he never should have been on. Well, uh, yeah, with this thing here, well, with Costad herself, it should never went to trial. It should have never went to trial at all. And when the first trial came back in a hung jury, uh, it's amazing how how quickly and viciously, that's a good word, they came back and they went back after Bill Cosby. And this time, not only did they have her, because first time it was just her, they brought five other people in. And, of course, they had to bring two, quote, unquote, as their um, public said on television somewhere the last couple of days, you know, they had to sprinkle a little pepper in there, to, you know, to make it really good. <laughs> really good. But it, it, it is really interesting that I think we as as people are missing what is really happening here with Bill Cosby. But number one, they're killing, they're killing, um, they're attempting to stop the, the generational wealth that could be built, you know, with his family, number one. Number two, they're trying to discredit him. So uh, whatever he said, well, now, ain't nobody really going to listen to him. I listen to him. Uh, see, I, I'm trying to be calm. That's why I'm pausing a lot because I'm trying to be calm because I'm, I'm ready to go to the left real fast. Um, what the, you know, they're trying to ruin his legacy. Because regardless of this right here, because we know everybody in Hollywood got their little skeletons. This was during the 70s. and I mean, this is just, that was being done then. Okay, now, but with all that being said, Bill Cosby still was a positive image within the black community. Let's, let's be honest about that, that he was. Heck, I grew up watching Fat Albert and the Albert Kids. Y'all remember that, Fat Albert? I know some of y'all yeah. do. And the Cosby oh, Show... Yeah. And, and when he had the Cosby Show, he portrayed black, a black family. They weren't walking around, as we say, ranking on each other. Uh, they weren't running around, you know, in trouble, nothing like that. Both parents were professionals. You know, yeah, the kids did dumb things, but for the most part, they talked about it, and they were good kids. You know, and they became known as the, the what what they called them, um, the nation's daddy or something like that. But anyway, back to what I'm talking about. So now to put him on trial like this, not once but twice, twice was was is very interesting. Yeah, we know he tried to buy ABC twi- NBC twice, ninety two and ninety three. Okay, yes, we know he lost a son um, who was apparently had a flat tire on the side of the road, and he was killed. Apparently yeah. about some Mexican guy. Now I'm gonna tell y'all that wasn't just a, a random type of thing. And here's why. Because his son was driving a Mercedes, and at that time, that's when Mercedes first came out with the, t- the um, tires that if you had a flat, you could ride so long before the tires, you know, so you can get help. So there really was no need for him to stop and try and change a tire. I'm just going to bring that out there right there. Okay. Um, huh. You know, and this guy still, he wants Bill Cosby so bad that once the verdict was read, he wanted Bill Cosby actually put in jail right then. Right then and there. Let's put him in jail now because he's a flight risk. He owns a plane. Well, during the first trial, Bill Cosby had to surrender his passport. 
So that, without that passport, he can't leave the country. He can't go anywhere. Unlike Roman Polanski, who could and did, with their help, of course. Uh, you know, and, and, and uh, another interesting thing about this Bill Cosby, it's amazing to me how many of his so-called friends back up, just backed away from him. You know, I, I ain't got nothing to do with him. I, I you know, I'm, I'm yeah, I, he's a sick so and so. Really, what kind of friend are you? What kind of friend are you? You're one of them warm weather, lukewarm friends. You know, and and that just is making me mad. But anyway, see, I, I'm going off. Um, <laughs> going off what I really want to talk about. Um, so let's talk about. Let's talk about the, this charge because everyone says rape, 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 but he wasn't charged with rape. He was charged with aggravated indecent assault. And there's actually a difference between the two charges, believe it or not. And the basic difference is that rape requires that the state prove, this is that the right. state prove that there was sexual intercourse. Now, Monday we talked about the difference between sex and sexual intercourse. That's why I had to say sexual intercourse. Because sexual intercourse involves the penetration of the vagina by the penis into, you know, other orifices of the body. Okay, that that's sexual intercourse. It's not sex. When you say sex, you're talking about uh, the male-female uh, persuasion, okay? I ain't going to even get to talk about the other one. But anyway... Um, prove that there was sexual intercourse involved, whereas aggravated indecent assault has a much lower threshold of penetration. However, slight of the genitals or the butthole of a complainant with a part of the person's body. Okay, yeah, y'all heard that. So remember, there were some some um um um, um testimony that. You know, you know, he inserted fingers here and there and things like that. <laughs> so that that is why it had they had to go with indecent, uh, aggravated indecent assault. Not to forget that they couldn't go after him for rape anymore because in Pennsylvania that's six years that that had gone by already. So there was they couldn't charge him with that. Here's an interesting thing also. When the jury was deliberating, they came. They sent a message to the judge, wanting the judge to explain consent. You know what is meant by consent. Now, the response the judge had was basically, uh, "Use your best judgment." You know, yeah, use your best judgment here. You know, I don't know why he just said that. When you know they, he could have sent them a, a, a Black's Law Dictionary and let them find it himself or what have you, but that was basically what he said. Now, so the legal definition of consent, and this is according to Black Law's Dictionary, Fourth Pocket Edition. Okay, y'all, listen to this: agreement, approval, or permission as to some act or purpose. Especially given voluntarily by a competent person, legally effective accent. Consent is an affirmative defense to assault, battery, and related torts, as well as such torts as defamation, invasion of privacy, conversion, and trespass. Consent may be a defense to a crime if the victim has the capacity to consent and 
law seeks to prevent. Now, it also says cease consensual. And consensual says having, expressing, or occurring with full consent, consensual relations, created or existing by mutual consent without formalities, such as a written document or ceremony. Okay? So that's coming out of Black's Law Dictionary, fourth pocket edition. All right? Consent. Now, I have read what the, what they have said, what consent means. Um, uh, um, yeah, I do know what consent means. I understand what that means. Now, with that being said, how many of you out there actually feel that, okay, the first time she went, she went. Okay, she went in the house, whatever, whatever. The second time she went in, went, and the same thing is supposed to happen. Now, now here, here's my question. I take and put two pills in your hand, give you a glass of water, and say, here, take these, that'll make you feel better. Now, do you think, do you think that is forcing her to take these pills? Do, do you believe nope. that he forced her to take these pills? You know, um, you know, it, it, it's interesting because if you go on a military post and as soon as you drive in, there's a sign that says, once entering this, this uh, installation, you are, um, you're consenting to having a vehicle search or whatever, right? So if I'm giving you these pills, you're in my house, and once you take them pills, you know, not really knowing what you want, uh, uh, that's, that's kind of a blurry line of consent, right? Right now, I, I mean it's kind of, but isn't that kind of consenting? Okay, I'm good, I'm good. But to go one time, then turn around and go right, to go again. That's consent to me. Okay, you must have liked this person, so you back for more, huh? huh? That's that's huh? that's the hang up. Anyway. That's what? That's the hang up. Yeah, that's the hang up. Why did you go back? You so traumatized. Yeah, you weren't why traumatized. Did you? You didn't. You wasn't traumatized when you accepted that three point three eight million dollars. Hmm. You know, and, and that, I'm glad you said that <coughs> because all this started because they reopened a deposition that was that had been sealed that wasn't supposed to be opened again. That was an agreement that was made with the prior district attorney prosecuting it. Yeah, but they went back and reopened this thing. Why? And just like 45, there was a confidentiality um, thing signed where she did get paid to keep her mouth shut and keep moving. So, does he get his money back now? I was sure to get my money back. Hell, even if I'm going to jail, I'm so get my money back then. You know, but it's interesting to me that. All this happened after the mistrial, then all of a sudden you hear this Me Too movement start happening. This Me Too movement. Now, you put all this together, yeah, it it just stinks, y'all. It it just really does. It stinks a whole lot, a whole lot. And if you read any reports or or read any papers whatever, the first thing they say is the disgrace 
know it ruined his the, his legacy is ruined. Don't y'all think that that that's a message that's being sent? Now we have a young a lot of young comedians out there, and we know a lot of them do not agree with uh, with, with a lot of what the old comedians used to do without the cussing and stuff. But you know. Uh, because Bill was one of the ones that would say all the time, hey, get up off your butt. Do something. You know, stop blaming the man for your issues. And you have a lot of young militant uh, comics out there that didn't like that or do not like that. And one of the first ones, besides having a embarrassed to take a jab at uh, uh, Bill Costa when this came out, was Eddie Murphy. One of the biggest holes up in, uh, in excuse me, one of the biggest holes up in Hollywood. So remember, Eddie used to, to do a joke about Bill, too. Shut up and have a Coke and a smile. Y'all remember that? Now, you know, I'm paraphrasing, of course. <clears throat> um, indecent, aggravated indecent assault. And I'm just giving y'all this so you know exactly what this is, why he was charged, and, and what they went after. Okay, this is what aggravated the decent assault is a person who engages in a penetration, however slight, of the genitals or anus of a complainant with a part of the penis uh, of the person's body for any purpose other than good faith, medical hygiene, or law enforcement procedures commits aggravated indecent assault if the person does so without complainant's consent, the person does so by forceful compulsion. The person does so by threat or forcible compulsion that would prevent resistance by a person of reasonable resolution. The complainant is unconscious or the person knows that the complainant is unaware that the penetration is occurring. The person has substantially impaired the complainant's power to appraise or control his or her conduct by administering or employing Excuse me, employing without the knowledge of the complainant drugs, intoxicants, or other means for the purpose of preventing resistance. Okay, so that is the legal definition of aggravated indecent assault. If you want to look up uh, uh, rape, it has a lot of the same terminology in it. A lot of the term, same terminology. So by this, yeah, of course. That is why the, the the jury wanted to know what is the definition of consent. You know what is consent? Because as you can see, it, it, the consent is all in the in the definition. Now both of them. Now both of them. Okay, but basically, you know, personally, I feel that you know, okay, he did it fine. You know, he did it. It was during an era where it was going on. And these young ladies, it, 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 you know, they're women. They are women now. But it's, it's really scary to think that during that time period, you knew what the heck was going on. You was just as selfish because you was going to try and use this man to get your career up and running. It's like the old saying, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Oh, I know Bill Cosby. I know he can get me in. And he used that to his advantage. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. He did that. But 
You mean to tell me throughout all that, nobody knew just what that what Bill was doing? You can't tell me, can't even believe that. And I felt yeah, that each of them, they went there. They, huh? Of course, people knew. Remember in the first trial, they said that um, Bill had a handler, remember, who would go and get the girl. So, of course, they yeah. knew. Yeah. You know, and now, they, they, you know, it's funny how times change. The verdict come out and one just fell down all the dramatic and what have Okay, so what are you going to do after your 15 minutes of fame? The man is 80 years old. I mean, really. You think justice has been served? No. Because in the long run, it wasn't about any of them. It wasn't. It wasn't about any of them. It was an avenue that was used to get him, but it wasn't about them. It wasn't about preserving what's right for 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 these women. That's not what it was about. It was about ruining the legacy of Bill Cosby, teaching another black man where his place is when we want to get you. I mean, let's be honest. Call a spade a spade. That is what it was. That is what it is. Now, I know somebody, I can't get that. Well, I'm just going to put it out there. I said it. It wasn't about them. You know, they were hanging out with the with the crowds and the handlers, just like all the other little hippies was back in the day, wanting to be famous. I get to go on the coffee show. I get to go on the coffee show. Whatever he had his hand in, too. You know, that I say people wake up, wake up. You know, because someone tell you pull your bootstraps up and get off your lazy behinds and do something, you got an issue with it, so you allow to be, you allow them to use you to bring down somebody else. That's not like crabs in a barrel syndrome, don't it? Yeah, it does. You don't see them going after. They ain't gonna. They really haven't gone after any of the mother stars that have um, in Hollywood. They got to go to rehab. Well, I'm taking some time off so we can go to rehab and work on my problems. Really? Really? You mm-hmm. had Janice Dickinson on there saying I fabricated some of the stuff I was saying in my book regarding my my incident with Bill Cosby. You had Constance, one of her friends, testify. That she mm-hmm. told her, "Hey, I can I can set up this uh, a, a, a star and get maybe get some money." Now, if I'm a juror, I'm sitting there listening to this. How the heck am I gonna come back with a guilty uh, a, a guilty <clears throat> a, a guilty uh, a verdict? Verdict. Because that 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 creates a shadow of doubt right there. Now, well, well, of course, you know you well, got well, all, these big miles, all these big miles. Huh? Well, were they allowed to use that this time around? I don't think they were allowed to introduce any of that. About the friend? Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, what's her name? Jackson? The best name was Yeah. She actually got the, the um, testify in this one. There was another one they were trying to get that they wouldn't let testify. Because what happened was they wanted to do a, it was a deposition this other girl had done, but the judge said no, they couldn't admit and uh, let it into um into the hearing because uh, the prosecution wouldn't have a chance to uh, cross-examine her. So that's kicked out. And it basically says the same thing, you know, about Constance just wants some money. So I guess the money has run out now, so what's she going to do? 
She got her 15 minutes, five minutes of fame. Now what? You know, of course, you had the big mouths on TV. Well, the question now is, can Bill Cosby really stand a civil trial? Are these women going to go after him in a civil trial? Really? Really? He and hit, go and get him in a civil trial. Make sure we get all his money. And then there are those that are mad at Camille talking about why Camille's staying with him. Why is she supporting him? That's his wife, you idiot. You know, remember we talked about this a couple shows ago, until death do us part, good or bad? Really? That's what she's supposed to do. Y'all was happy with Hillary staying with Bill and Bill getting head in the White House. Look, all I'm saying all this is to say, look, you have to read between the lines, okay? Read between the lines because everything... <laughs> Everything that you see is not what you see. All right. Now I know what did he just say? Think about it. it it'll come to you eventually. Um, but I'm, that's as far as I'm going with this right now because I can keep going on this thing here, and I I keep going as yeah whatever. Anyway, I keep going. So <clears throat> I'm saying all that say, hey, look, I'm still a big Cosby fan, and I they better put um the Cosby Show back on television. Quit bullcrapping. They let R. Kelly go around peeing on little girls and, and doing stuff to little girls in videos. They ain't got him in on trial nowhere. He ain't in jail yet. No. Ain't no dad shot him. That what should happen anyway, but I'm not going there. Roman Polanski, he was allowed to leave the country and still do make films and still win awards. Y'all, y'all see where I'm going with this? It's just not right. It's just not right. All right. I wanted to limit my time with that so so um, my co-host can get, you know, get started with conflict resolution. Uh, so real quickly, we're going to take this one phone call and uh, see what they have to say, and then we're going to move on to until the um, what are we fighting for. Okay, Pete? It works for you? Yes, okay, definitely. All right. All right, Triple One, welcome to the show. Who do I have here and where are you calling me from? Hello, are you there? Okay. All right. Uh-oh. All right. Well, I guess I took too long. Okay. I'm sorry. Ah. Okay, I got something um, out of the chat room. Say, hey, Mr. Talk, unfortunately, Bill put himself in that position. Ain't no excuses. Yeah, he put himself in there because he told the truth. And did, when they when, back in 2000, whatever, he told the truth when he was asked about it. You're right. You're right. I'm not making any excuse for Bill Cosby. I'm not. Uh, what I'm saying is, you got to look deeper than what what's being shown to you right now. Yeah, there's no doubt Bill did it. He said he did it. He said he did it. But that's not what the, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is is deeper than that. Okay, it's deeper than that. Read do some research. You'll find out it goes a lot deeper than that. Like I said, you know, you got the story of his son Enos. That was a son named Enos was killed trying to change a tire. No, that was a message that was sent to Bill Cosby. You know, there's a lot of skeletons in them causes them or, the, or those things on celebrities. 
And just like we were saying when 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 forty five got elected, ain't nobody really gonna bother him because he know where all the dead bodies are. That's why he can do what he want to do right now, basically, because he helped bury a lot of them. Anyway, but thank you for that. Hey, it's good to see you too. Um, know thyself. I guess he rolled out on me. Uh, good to see you. All right, P, you ready? Let's let's move on. Um. All right, y'all, it's that time we finna talk about the topic, what are we fighting for, the issue of conflict resolution in relationships. Specifically, we will look at the ways to resolve conflict in relationships, the causes of conflict, and how to be proactive in avoiding conflict. This as well as other topics. Okay, yeah. So now y'all know what we be talking, we're going to be talking about right about now. All right? So what are we fighting for? You know, there's some couples that every time you see them, they fight and fight and fight. It, it, and, you know, you have those individuals in, in, in the family. You know, you get to the barbecues and they get that joy juice in them and they start arguing with each other. And, and just, they say some of the cruelest stuff to each other. I mean, they say some of the worst things to each other. And we laugh because we're used to it, right? We laugh. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, there they go again. There they go again. But nobody sits back and say, why are they still together they argue so much? You know, why? Why are they still together? You know, even though they say some of the worst things to each other, if somebody else were to say something to them, they would go off on you. Why is that? Well, my co-host is about to explain all that to you, and I'll be hopping in here now, okay? So without further ado, I'm going to shut my mouth right about now and let my co-host P. Ross take control. Go, P. Go, P. It's on you. What you going to do? <laughs> go for it, P. <laughs> really, we know you ain't gonna hush your mouth for long. So let me jump in where I can fit in real quick. We all know that uh-huh. what conflict is. That's when you you arguing and you upset and she's talking and he's talking and nobody's listening. But what we have to realize um, is that conflict is normal. And sometimes, believe it or not, even healthy, it is a part of relationships. Because you really can't expect two people to agree on everything at all times. If they do, somebody lying. I'm just going to put it out there because we don't always agree on everything. No matter how much we love each other, no matter how much we care about each other, you know, no matter how much time or how many years we've been together, we're not going to always agree, okay? So we know that relationship conflict, they're going to be inevitable. It's going to happen. Just face it. It's going to happen. The thing is that you got to learn how to deal with them in a positive way, see, because when it's mismanaged in a relationship, it can harm the relationship. People stop talking. People start sneaking out. Oh, you know, I'm just not talking to you today. They start disappearing for longer and longer hours, and what's really going on, see? So, but when it's handled in a respectable and positive way, it can provide opportunity for growth, and it will ultimately strengthen the bond between the two people. Why? Because you have communication. You have honesty. <laughs> Rather than pushing it or, like the old people say, sweeping it under the carpet and acting like that big lump of dirt ain't dead, you tripping over it every day, you know, you deal with it. You throw out all your dirty laundry. You see, so what I'm going to give is some skills 
you know, to 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 successfully resolve conflict so that, you know, you can keep your personal and even your professional relationships strong and growing. Because the, the fundamentals of conflict resolution, um, when conflicts arise from differences, it occurs whenever people disagree over their values, their motivations, their perception, ideas, or desires. See? It may be a value thing. You know, oh, we, we don't we don't stay out, you know, beyond 10 if we're married. I'm just saying, you know, it's a value thing. It's a moral thing. Motivation is when, oh, you don't encourage me. You're motivated about a project and your partner just like, oh, well, okay, that's, that's what you do. Your perception or how you see things, see? Football may be important to you, but hell, I don't know anything about it. So why is it important to me? I don't see why you under, why you got to sit in front of the TV, you know, every September for hours on the time, and don't move. You know, it's the perception of it. my perception is it ain't that important. Your perception is you enjoy doing it. Your ideas. If you're always down in your partner's ideas or you don't take value in their ideas or interest in their ideas, that's going to be a conflict. Or what they desire to do or what you desire to do. So you take a train trip across the country. That just may be something that's just simple. They desire to do just to go on the train. You don't see it as important. See? So they may feel some kind of way about it. Just because they don't bring it up again, don't mean that they're okay with it. It doesn't mean that there isn't a conflict there. Sometimes the key point is sometimes these conflicts, they can be so petty. They can be so trivial. But when it when it when when the conflict triggers really strong emotions, then you got an issue. Because at the end of that, at the very core of that, is a deep personal and relational need. That is at the core of the problem. And some of the things they said would be a need to feel safe, a need to feel secure, a need to feel respected and valued. Or it could even be just as simple as, you know, a need for greater closeness and, and intimacy. I want to spend time with you. You're always gone. When I'm coming in, you're leaving. See? always an underlying problem, but how do you get to the problem? First of all, you got to recognize that it is a conflict. You you can't be so out of touch in your relationship that you don't recognize that your wife or your husband, your spouse hasn't spoke to you for the last four days. You come in for work, you eat dinner, you get up in the morning, good morning, hey, hi, how you doing, and you're both off start your day, and there's really no conversation beyond high and by. Recognize that there's a problem. Oh, I haven't talked to you for the last four or five days. What's really going on? Everything okay with you? Pay attention. You have to pay attention to your partner, spouse, whatever, emotional state. Whether they're happy, whether they're sad, whether they're indifferent, you know, whether they just melancholy, what is it that they're not saying? See, you will not be able to understand your own needs if you don't understand your deep-seated needs. You will have a hard time communicating with others, staying in touch with what is really troubling you. 
So in other words, stop lying to yourself. Stop lying to yourself. If it bothers you that 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 that, that your spouse or partner doesn't say good morning to you in the morning, then that's what you get every morning. If that bothers you, stop acting like it don't. Stop going about your day and acting like, oh, well, that's just them. No, why are you like that? I'm just talking about petty stuff right now, you know, the, 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 the trivial things that it doesn't take much to resolve. But when we don't, when we when we lie consistently, lie to ourselves and say, well, it's okay. You got a major award at your job or something really great happened for you at your job. You come home all excited about it, you know, because you're really happy. You know, you got a big attaboy at the job and, you know, a congratulatory speech and all of these things, you know, and you come home and you tell you, it's like, oh, that's, that's nice, and that's it. What is that going to do to you? <laughs> how is that? Let's be honest. How is that going to make you feel? See? And that's what we do. You know, you say, oh, that's great, dear, and they go on about their business or still on their computer monitor still reading the newspaper, which doesn't happen anymore. It's probably either on the iPhone or on the computer, the laptop, what have you, iPad, what have you, you know, into the television or something else, uh, other electronic device, and you come home with this great news and you really want to share it, but there's no one really there, even though your spouse or your partner is there, to share it with because they're paying no attention to you. They are not acknowledging your joy. They're not acknowledging your feeling. They're not even acknowledging you in the room. Oh, that's great, dear. Most times, couples argue over petty things. Petty, petty, petty. You know, the way the towel is hanging, the way your hair is, you know, what you got on, why are you wearing that to work today? You know, you have on a nice suit, you know, you've been wearing jeans to work, but now, you know, you might have a function that you have to go to, so now you want to dress up a little bit more, more business-like, more business attire. Or she's dressing a little bit sexier. Why are you wearing that to work? What's really bothering you? See, those things can be rooted in insecurity. You're wondering why the sudden change. You've been going to work looking like a bum. Why you got to put on clothes today? Who are you dressing up for? See, that's the root cause sometimes instead of saying, okay, what's really going on? You know, I'm noticing the change. But any other day, you know, oh, baby, look nice. Baby, why don't you, you know, why don't you wear this? You know, but this day, you notice the change. Why? Because now you're, you're showing your insecurity, and rather than talking about it, you know, you throw off. See? You know, can I get in here for a minute? Yes. You know, and those are good examples that you're giving right there. And, you know, I think when it comes to conflict, especially within, when you're dealing within relationships, uh, yes. there's, there's a, a one, one important piece that I think a, a, lot of, a lot of couples miss out on, and that is what role did I play in that conflict? You know, what, what, what part do I have in this conflict? Because a lot of times you want to blame your other spouse or you want to accuse your other spouse of doing this or doing that. But you have to take step step back for a moment, take a pause and say, what have I done to cause this conflict? You know, and, and, be, and take an honest, honest assessment of what you are, what you have done. 
because exactly. if you still, if you trying to uh, have have a, a disagreement, you know, a, and at least a big conflict in, in your your relationship, but yet you're not taking ownership of your part in it, then there's no, it's not going to be solved. It's not going to be solved because you're not being truthful with yourself. And if you're not truthful with yourself, how in the heck can you be truthful with a, a spouse or a mate? You know, once again, that goes back to something I say all the time, self-analysis, self-assessment. You know, that plays a big role in, in relationships and in life in general. You know, what am I doing to cause this? Okay, she just started dressing up sexy to go into work. Going, going into work. Why? Why, why is she doing that? Because she got all these nice clothes in here. You don't take her nowhere. But are you going to admit that? No, you're not. You know, maybe somebody is complimenting her or him when they go to work. Hey, you look nice today. I like that. But are you doing that at home? Are you doing that at home? You know, so what role are you playing in conflict? What role are you playing in? And are you being truthful with yourself about your role? Okay, I'm done. Go ahead. I'm done. I just had to get that in there. Yeah, and and that's what I, you know, and that's what I had said. You 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 can't keep lying to yourself that that is not a problem because you have to understand your own needs. You have to understand where you are, and 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 that's good. You know that 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 you brought that out because you brought it out. You know, plain and simple. You know what part did you play? You know. And another thing he said in the article is that when you recognize the legitimacy, you have to you have to recognize that they have a legitimate reason for feeling the way that they feel. Okay, that is not just something they're just saying. And they're just not doing this to get back at you. <laughs> no. You had a role to play in here somewhere that it got to this point. It's either something you did or something you didn't do. It's something they needed that you weren't giving or something you needed that you weren't getting. See? So when you recognize the legitimacy of, of conflicting needs and become willing to examine them, in an environment of compassionate understanding, you got to be willing. You can't be toning people out. You can't have, and when we're talking about the environment, we're talking about the iPads, we're talking about the phones, we're talking about you sitting there focused on that person, full attention, not with your phone, oh, I got a message, I got to text this person back. No, all of that is put away. Hey, it's you and me time. This is what we're finna do. We're finna resolve this. See? And compassionate meaning understanding where they're coming from, not tit for tat, not throwing off because they said this. Well, you did this well. I did that because you know. Okay. No. No. Okay. Hold no. on. Hold on for a minute. Hold on for a minute. Hold on for a minute. I, you know, keep marking spot because something you said there, but it, it's, it's a little bit more I, I want to bring into that. Okay. Okay. We good. All right. And, and when you said, you know, let's sit down and talk about this. Let's let's have this conversation. Let's talk about what's going on. That means turn all the electronics off. Anything that's going to distract you, anything that's going to take your mind away from uh, 
resolving this issue that you and your spouse or mate are having needs to just be removed. Removed. Okay? Another thing is you have to listen. You don't know. No, no. Let me, let me explain this. You have to listen. Do not listen to respond. Listen, listen to what that person is telling you. Because we as humans, anytime we get in a discussion and somebody starts talking, first thing we start thinking about is our response. And half the time, we miss what the other person is saying. Let's be honest. We all do it. We yes. all do it. But yes, if you want to have an honest conversation, an honest conversation, you have to actually listen to what that other person is saying. You know, not, not getting all defensive. Well, you know, last time you left and you didn't get married. No, 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 no. That, that is beating the purpose of having sitting down having this conversation. Yeah, turn off all electronics. You know, your phone, your, your, your notifications on your phone, and all, it's not that important. Not that important. Okay? You know, there's a thing on your phone when you hit do not disturb, where you don't get no, any notifications or whatever. Now, they know that if you didn't know it, look at your phone. You know, up there in the top bar or whatever. Just drag it down, you'll see it. You know, take them and put them in another room if that's what you have to do. Turn them off. You know, because conflict, if believe it or not, conflict will is, is like water. It's like water. You know, you got the high tide, you got the low tide, but the water is steady coming in and going out, steady coming in and going out. And and what what is it doing, while, especially the nor'easters and hurricanes and storm surges? What happens? It starts eroding the dunes. It started taking sand out, start removing, removing. And before you know it, you don't have anything left. You don't have a relationship. You don't have a marriage. You have, instead of sitting down and actually honestly talking about the conflict that you have, you just let it fester and just eat away, eat away, eat away till it gets to a point to where it's too late. It's too late. And not... I would say 99% of us, if we are in a relationship, we don't want, and we really are in love with that person that we're in a relationship, we don't want anything to ruin our relationship. But the problem is we do not understand how to have these type of conversations. We do not understand what it takes to sit there and actually faithfully listen, faithfully listen to what that person is telling you. Yeah, we, you know, uh, you know, I, me, me and uh, <laughs> me, me and Ross was was laughing, was having a conversation a couple of days ago because there was an article that said just go in your bedroom and sit naked. Remember that, that Ross? Remember that conversation? Yeah. 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 And she was like, "What is that gonna do?" I said, "You know what that does? That takes." Anything that that just just clears the whole thing. You sitting there butt naked looking at each other. There's nothing. It's like just cleansing yourself. Just nothing there. But you and I. You and I. That's it. And honestly, depending on how quote unquote important this relation that this conflict is, halfway through you probably forget about why you were fighting. I'm just saying. But my point is, you know, you, you have to listen. You know, don't let it just eat away at your relationship. You know, there comes a point where it has to be discussed. But it's better to catch it early than to 
just grown into this big old cancerous cancer that is hard to remove then because it's too late almost. All right, I'm done. I said I was going to be quiet. Dang it. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I told you. I told you at the start you wasn't. So let me jump in while I could get in. See, I knew you were. See, that's why you missed the talk. See, you know, not Mister Salad. So I'm just saying. See, that's conflict. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, but you did bring us into um, the next key point was successful conflict resolution depends on these are the abilities that you need to have. Number one, they said manage stress. Are remaining alert and calm. By staying calm, you can accurately read and interpret verbal and nonverbal communication. Like you said, not being ready with your comment because they done said something that just doesn't pinch your little nerve and you just got to jump in. No, remain calm. Listen to what they say. Control your emotions and behavior. Don't reach out and touch somebody because they said something you ain't like. No. Because when you're in control of your emotions, you can communicate your needs without threatening, frightening, or punishing others. Then you ain't got to punch them in the forehead because you don't like what they said. See? Control your emotions. Hear what they're saying. Pay attention to the feelings being expressed as well as the spoken words of others. See, when people are telling you how they feel, you have to validate their feelings. You have to give them permission to feel where they feel, to, to allow them to feel what they feel without you telling them that, no, you shouldn't be feeling that way. No, that ain't right. No, that's not what it is. You invalidate their feelings. If that's how they feel, then that's how they feel. Beware of and respectful of differences. By avoiding disrespectful words and actions, you can resolve the problem faster. No two people think the same. I don't care how much they have in common. They don't think the same. They don't feel the same. They don't process information the same. See? So, man, don't tell, don't sit there and tell somebody, man, that's just stupid. Why would you even say that? That's just stupid. What have you just done? You just have closed the door to any communication, to any, you know, resolution that you may have had because they're going to what? They're going to shut down because of what they're, they're telling you how they feel or they're telling you what their issue is, and you just invalidated because you just called them stupid. They ain't going to think that you just called their idea stupid or what they were saying was stupid. You called them stupid. That's how it's going to be perceived, or that's how it can be perceived. So we have to be aware of those things, see? Now we want to talk about healthy and unhealthy ways of managing and resolving conflict. You know, we already said that conflict can trigger strong emotions that can lead to hurt feelings, disappointment, and discomfort when handled in an unhealthy manner. It can cause irreparable risk. That's what Mr. Talk was talking about. The whole relationship has gone down the drain. People walk around being resentful, you break up. But, however, on the other hand, when it's resolved in a healthy way, it increases the understanding for one another. It also builds trust and it strengthens the relationship and the bonds of the relationship. These are some healthy, these are some unhealthy responses to conflict and, and, and what they're characterized by. The unhealthy responses are like they have an inability to recognize and respond to matters of great importance to the other person. 
We were talking about that earlier. You know, they come home with awards. You know, they all happy. They all excited about it. You all into whatever you're into, and you totally ignore. It. See, that's that's not good. Explosive, angry, hurtful, and resentful reaction. Somebody walk in front of the TV while you watching your game. You cuss them out. What? What's really going on? Did it take all that? Really? The withdrawal of love resulting in rejection, isolation, shaming, and fear of abandonment. See, let's talk about this. Let's let's talk about this one right here. You know, okay, you did something I ain't like, so we we I'm not even allowing you to touch me. Don't touch me. So now the male or the female in in the one partner in 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 the other partner is in the relationship is is feeling rejected. You're feeling isolated because you're mad about whatever you're not talking about. See, and it and it and if it keeps going on, you one of you is eventually going to leave, and one of you going to feel like oh they're going to leave. That's what abandonment is. You feel like. You're going to leave. And the shaming part comes when your partner reaches over and touches you or reaches to kiss you, and you know, and you walk away. Oh, shame. Really? How do you leave that person just standing in, in the lurch? Oftentimes wondering, what did I do wrong? What did I say wrong? Most of the time when that happens, they are totally in the dark. Because y'all might be there arguing about something four or five days ago. That didn't get resolved, and one person thinks every, everything is okay, you know, and then four five days, four five days later, you you still holding a grudge. Come on, now you can't do that. Sometimes another thing is you expect a bad outcome. You don't want to talk because you done already made up in your mind. You done self prophesied how it's going to turn out, so you're not going to talk about it. Because you're not already saying it's going to turn out bad for you, so I just ain't going to talk about it. We just ain't going to deal with it. See? But you know that the elephant is in the room. So eventually somebody's going to have to talk about the elephant in the room. The other thing is fear and avoidance of conflict. How long are y'all going to tiptoe around the subject? See, how long are you going to tiptoe around what has happened? You're going to have to eventually deal with it. Or you'll get all of these other things happening in your relationship. You will grow apart. See? So the earlier you deal with it, the better the outcome is. See? Healthy responses to conflict are the capacity to recognize and respond to important matters. See? You got to be looking. You got to be seeing. You got to understand. You got to, you know, acknowledgement. It's a readiness to forgive and forget. Yes, to forgive and forget. Because if you really forgive it, you don't keep bringing it up. Four score and three years ago, I remember when you really. (laughs) See, don't keep bringing it up. The ability to seek compromise and avoid punishing. See, that's that tit for tat stuff. See, okay. We we ain't really agreeing on this, but it's a middle ground here. There's a middle ground here that we can come to, that we can resolve this, and then we can move on without further punishment or further things being withheld 
or further things coming up. See, you normally get up and, and run your husband or wife bath for them, you know, or cook them breakfast or whatever, but because you didn't get what you wanted out of the compromise, you ain't going to do that no more. See, that's a punishment. It's subtle. See, it's subtle, but you're still holding something. That means it's not resolved. See? A belief that resolution can support the interests and needs of both parties. You got to believe that when you walk away from the table, you know, or wherever, you know, you got to believe that you got the best out of the solution that could possibly be had for both of you. Not thinking that, oh, he got over or she got over, oh, I gave up too much, you know. Oh, you are a union. <laughs> See, so if, if it damages one part of it, if the two of you are one, if it damages one person, it damages you too. You just don't realize that because you're too afraid to admit that, oh, well, this is how I feel, and sit there to the table until a reasonable resolution can be had. Sometimes we move too quick. And don't be a people pleaser. Don't say, okay, honey, and you, it really ain't okay. Lay on the table what it is that you really want. You can't get tired in the fight. You got to sit there. You got to stay there until it is resolved. You just don't give up like that or just don't turn away or just shut down. No, you can't do that. You have to come to a reasonable Solution. That's what conflict resolution is. And those are the keys, you know, to, to, to conflict resolution. You know, it's the ability to successfully manage and resolve conflict depends on these four key skills. See? But the most important one is really to take the conflict and, re- and stride and resolve differences in ways that build trust and confidence. You want your husband, you want your spouse, you want your wife to trust you. You want them to be confident in you as well as being confident in themselves. You don't want to tear a person down to the point where, you know, they, they now they're insecure and suffering from low self-esteem. Remember, that's your partner. That's the woman. That's the man you say you love. So why would you do that? regardless of what the conflict is about. So what? He lost his job today. Support him until he get another one. So what? She lost her job today. Support her until she gets another one. Things aren't always going to be perfect, but they need your support in bad times. They don't need to be torn down by you. That's the thing. And when it's a stressful situation, you know, you gotta you gotta you gotta you gotta have the skills to quickly relieve stress. As we said before, the capacity to remain relaxed and focused in tense situations is a vital aspect of conflict resolution. If you don't know how to stay centered and in control of yourself, you may become too emotionally overwhelmed in challenging situations. The best way to rapidly and reliably relieve stress is through the senses. Sight, you know, sight, sound, touch, taste, and smell. 
Oh, I was going to say sex. Uh, yeah, right. That's not a sin. That's an act. Jesus. Okay. See, but, <laughs> but each one of these responds differently, Sister Therese. So, so, so you you need to 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 find out which things are soothing to you. To some people, it's sound, it's music. To other people, you know, they 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 see things walking out to the water, just looking out at the ocean. You know, you know what your your de-stress is love. You know, we for women, they always see women get in an argument. They feeling bad, where do they go? Go to the refrigerator, get a pint of ice cream. That's taste. They're, they're, they're looking, you know, for other people, it's just smell. See? A really soothing, you know, stress-free candle flowing throughout the house. See, whatever one of these things or whichever one it is, you know, you invoke that. You utilize that to calm your mood. See? To relieve the stress and recognize in your partner if you see that they're stressed, why don't you just utilize one of those things that relieves their stress? See, and that's the next thing to recognize and manage your emotions because emotional awareness is the key to understanding yourself and others. First, it said understanding yourself and then others. If you don't know how you feel or why you feel that way, you won't be able to communicate effectively or smooth over disagreement. Although knowing your own feelings may seem simple, many people ignore, see, that's what we talked about earlier. They ignore or they try to sedate strong emotions like anger, sadness, and fear. See, they say, oh, ain't nothing wrong. I'm all right. When other people can clearly see you upset. Don't be a people pleaser. Admit that hey, I'm mad. I don't like what you said. See, I don't. I didn't like what you did. See, but your ability to handle conflict depends on being connected to these feelings. If you are afraid of your strong emotions, or if you insist on finding solutions that are strictly rational, that's reasoning everything away. You know making excuses, and not dealing with it. Your ability to face and, 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 and resolve difference, differences will be severely impaired. So recognize and admit how you feel. Says skill number three is to improve your nonverbal communication skills. The most important information exchanged during conflicts and arguments is often communicated nonverbally. Nonverbal communication includes eye contact, facial expressions, tone of voice, your posture, your touch, and gestures. When you're in the middle of a conflict, paying close attention to the other person's nonverbal signs may help you figure out the other what the other person is really saying. And then you can you can respond in a way that builds trust and get to the root of the problem. Simply. Nonverbal signs such as a calm tone of voice, a reassuring touch, or a concerned facial expression can go a long way toward diffusing a heated exchange. See, all of that. Hey, you know, I'm trying to understand, you know, why you feel the way you, the way you feel, you know. Instead of saying, hey, that don't make no sense. You're not making any sense to me, you know. And this is one thing that um, Mr. Talk does on his show a lot. 
when the topics are deep, use humor to play and to deal with challenges. You can avoid many confrontations and resolve arguments and disagreements by communicating in a playful or humorous way. Humor can help you say things that might otherwise be difficult to express without creating a flap. However, it's important you laugh with the other person, not at them. When humor and play are used to reduce tension and anger, reframe problems, and put the situation into perspective. The conflict can actually become an opportunity for greater connection and intimacy. That was your point right there earlier, Mr. Toad. So, how do you deal with it? Yeah. <laughs> you all late. So, how do you deal? You know, how do you how do you deal with conflict in in, in advance? You know, how can you be proactive? This is what's called managing conflict. Managing and resolving conflicts requires emotional maturity, self-control, and empathy. And this can be tricky. It can be frustrating, even frightening. But you can ensure that the process is as positive as possible by sticking to the following conflict resolution guidelines. Number one, make the relationship your priority. Because if it ain't important to you, hey, you just told your partner, hey, this relationship, it don't matter. It is what it is. So what what are you sending about your relationship? What message are you sending to your partner, to your spouse? Maintaining and restricting, maintaining and strengthening the relationship rather than winning the argument should always be your first priority for the other person and his or her viewpoint. Don't always go, hey, I won, I won. And you won and you lonely. (laughs) You won and you won. You're right. You W-O-N and you O-N-E all by yourself. See? So understand, you you know, uh, make sure that the relationship, make sure your partner, that you demonstrate to your partner that this relationship, it is a priority. So we're going to take the time and we're going to resolve this issue. Not keep putting it off. Focus on the present. That's right. Focus on the present. No, no, no. If you if you're holding on to all hurt and resentment, your ability to see the reality of the current situation will be impaired. Rather than looking at the past and assigning blame, which is what we talked to earlier, focus on what you can do right now to resolve the problem. Not Oh, I remember when you was acting like this a month ago. Here we go again. No, no. This ain't last month. It ain't the same issue. Another important thing is to pick conflicts can be draining, so it's important to consider whether the issue is really worthy of your time and energy. Maybe you don't want to surrender a parking space if you've been circling for 15 minutes, but if there are dozens of spots arguing over a single space, is it worth it? Yeah, that that's very interesting to say the least. <laughs> I mean, I thought it interesting that they use a parking spot as, as an example. Okay. All right. Yeah. yeah. You know, there's dozens of uh, of parking spaces. Pick one. Since you want that one closer to the door, you know, and we do that, and we do that. You know, it, it's crazy, and we do that in relationships. 
We do that in relationships. We all get Matt, you left the you left the cap off the toothpaste again. Why you can't never put the toothpaste back in you see? You see? When all these 15 minutes you've been fussing about the cap being left off the toothpaste, all you had to do pick it up, wash it off, put it back on. Two seconds. Or better yet, or better yet, you know, what you could do, and, and it's just a simple little way, what you could do, just write a little note and put it right there by the thing, you know, because you know they're going to, hopefully they brush their teeth every day. And, and when they go in there read it, oh, yeah, I'm going to tap on the toothpaste. And I'll exactly. do that simple. Exactly. Be you know, proactive. Yeah. Yeah. Just be proactive. proactive. Yeah. Be yeah. willing to forgive. Resolving conflict. Resolving conflict is impossible if you're unwilling or unable to forgive. Hear that? It is it, never resolved if you keep bringing it up. It's never resolved if you don't forgive them for whatever they did or whatever you think they did or you implied that they did. Whether real or imagined. Resolution lies but in you know releasing what? the other. Yes. You know what? And I, I, yeah, I had to get in right there. Uh, Thirteen minutes left in live showtime, y'all. We will be going in overtime because we got a. Hey, we rolling right now. Okay, so if you're not on the phone lines, you need to get here three four seven eight three eight eight six two two. Okay. And once again, that's three four seven eight three eight eight six two two. All right. Repeat what you just said. All right. Resolving, you got to be willing to forgive. Because resolving conflict is impossible if you're unwilling or unable to forgive. Resolution lies in releasing the urge to punish, which can never compensate for our losses and only adds to our injuries okay. by further depleting and drawing our lives. You know, whether it's real or imagined, you know, because sometimes mm-hmm. we misconstrue things and we don't see what the truth of the matter is, and in our minds, we done thought about it so much. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. She wore that dress to work today. She must be having an affair with somebody because she came in late tonight, too. Uh, it was an accident on I-10, and you got caught up, and you had to sit there for 40 minutes. If you would have answered your phone, you would have knew that. See? But you mm. mad, and you angry because they late, and you look at the phone, and you see the call. I'm not talking to them right now. They should have been here. Then we could have been <laughs> talking in person. But then when they get there in person, you're not talking to them because now you done imagine all this stuff in your mind. Instead mm. of baby, you know, you you late, what happened? Uh just picking mm. up the dog on phone. See, that's what I mm. mean by real or imagine. Because sometimes we let our minds go way to the left over foolishness that when we can simply get it resolved, we just sit there and let somebody know. How we feeling? What we're thinking, and why? You know, well, I, 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 the reason why I told you, the reason the reason why I told you to say that again because uh, you mentioned the part about uh, bringing up what has happened in the past. Yeah. You know, and, and, and honestly, that's one of the biggest issues when you talk about conflict in in, in relationships. What's that? You know, what happened in the past? What happened in the past? You know, and then once you get an argument. I mean, get into a conflict and you start talking about it. Okay, I forgive you. But two weeks later, you bring up the same thing over again. That means that conflict has not been fixed yet because you're still holding back something that, that is bothering you. you know? Exactly. And, you know, there's a saying, what's in the past, leave it in the past. But if, if, it's, if you're, you're continuing bringing it up from the past, that means there's something about that that is still bothering you. It's
that is still bothering you. It's going into a pink cancer. Yes, it's still, and, and you have to have that conversation. You know, you have to sit down with your spouse and say, look, this is what's bothering me. Okay, this is what's going on. Now, I'm not saying, you know, hit up the head and, and yell at him and scream. You know, you watch the TV and you sit down and say, hey, babe, look, I know this happened in the past, but this is what's bothering me about that. You know, yeah. and hopefully hopefully your your spouse or your mate will say, okay, well, let's talk about it. Tell me what's, what's bothering you. Now, if you get that chance and it says, okay, tell me what's bothering you about it, don't go. Never mind, because, you know, we're good at that. Never mind, don't worry about it. No, put it out there. Let it be known. Let it be known. And you have that conversation. Because, as I said before, the, the longer you hold it in, the bigger, the longer it's going to fester and the bigger the cancer is going to become in that relationship. Don't, no, don't let it, get it out. Let it out. You know, if you're in a relationship, you shouldn't be able to, to, to tell each other how you're feeling truthfully without one getting upset or with the other. Of course, we know being human, that's sometimes not possible, but it should be. Right. And and if you're the one that's listening, uh, you know, uh, you know the, the problem is being presented to, you know, don't get defensive about it. So, you know, listen. Listen to what that person is trying to change tell you, and, and, and if there's a change that needs to be made, make that change. Make the change. It's, it's not as hard as we think. We make it hard. We make change hard because a lot of times we're scared of what change may may cause. But in a relationship, it may be. It, it's probably for the best. It's probably for the best. And man, we know. We know if Mama ain't happy, ain't nobody in the house happy. We know this. This is an old saying that from a long time ago. And don't patronize. Don't patronize them, please. No, just say what they want to hear because you you just add more fuel to the fire. Sure that. Okay, just be straight up and honest. Okay, go ahead. I'm done. I'm done with that part. <laughs> you kind of got into, you kind of got into what the next topic was. The final thing in, in in this one is that know when to let something go. If you can't come to an agreement, agree to disagree. It takes two people to keep an argument going. Even if a conflict is going nowhere, you can choose to disengage and move on. Don't 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 keep beating a dead horse because it ain't gonna get up. Just say, okay, you know, we had an impasse right now. You know, maybe when we calm down, you know, we can come back together and discuss this. But right now, you know, we had an impasse. We're getting nowhere. Neither we too, both of us are too emotional or both of us are too stubborn, whatever. Whatever it is that's stopping you from getting, getting beyond that point or getting to a resolution. You know, sometimes you do. You have to agree that, hey, this ain't working right now. Mm-hmm. We, don't have a we don't have a resolution right now, so let's just leave it alone, you know, mm. so we don't go too far. And that brings us in. Now, leave it alone. You know, we we need to what? have some fair fighting, some some fair fighting ground rules. And the first one you need to the, the first rule need to be is you need to remain calm and don't overreact. Try not to overreact to difficult situations. 
because by remaining calm, it will be more likely that others will consider your viewpoint. But if you all up in the road yelling, waving your hands, hitting stuff, who's going to listen to you? See? See? And, and see, that's why I said, go in the bedroom, everybody get naked, sit on the bed, and you start talking. That way, uh, you, you know, it's like, it's, yeah, I mean, that's not a bad that's not a bad option. Because, you know, you, you, you're free, you know, and, and honestly, you sit there looking at your partner naked, and, and, and it probably will have a calming effect. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. You know, just have that calming effect where you can have that conversation. You know? Yeah. Just a little but, thing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's the Go ahead. Yeah. But if you be on that and you're at the point where you don't even want to be around that person, you ain't going to go in there and sit with them next. So you got to get there first. Okay, I'll give you that one. Yeah, okay, thank you. Uh, the second thing in the fair fighting ground was express feelings in words, not action. Telling someone directly and honestly. See, direct, not being vague, not beating around the bush. Directly and honestly, how you feel can be a very powerful form of communication if you start to feel so angry or upset that you feel you may lose control. Take a time out and do something to help yourself feel steadier. Help yourself calm down. See? Don't say it again. Mm-hmm. Move on before you do. Be specific about what is bothering you. See? Be specific about what is bothering you. Don't say everything. That's general. Vague complaint, vague complaint are hard to work on. Deal with only one issue at a time. Don't introduce other topics until each is fully discussed. And you know how we That's get right. you know how we get we be like, and another thing, and another thing, and we ain't even dealt with the first topic. You see? This avoids the kitchen sink effect where people throw in all their complaints while not allowing anything to be resolved. They they just throw everything in there. Hey. Instead of saying, okay, all right, let's deal with you're not paying the bills, you know, and how you forget every month. You know, well, maybe because I got these 12 other bills to manage, you know, and that one is low priority, I take care of the high priority, and and I'm good because I don't think like you. But since you see that I miss it every month, why can't you just be responsible for that one bill? You know, instead of saying, well, that's too general because it was about one bill. It wasn't about all the bills, see? You say, why well, you can't pay the bills? But if the man said or she said that, hey, I pay these bills, this is what I do, it's just this one bill because it's a low priority. See, that's too vague because that's see, that's not the truth. So you have to bring honesty in there and, and, and be specific. Not everything in the kitchen sink. See, if it's just one thing, let's just talk about that one thing. And then if, if that one thing also that leads into another, then once we resolve this one, we'll get to the next one. It's not everything all at mm-hmm. once without allowing a response or a resolution to the to the first. The other thing on right. fairground is no kidding below the best. Attacking no. areas of personal sensitivity 
create an atmosphere of distrust, anger, and vulnerability. Avoid accusations. Okay. Accusations will cause others to defend themselves instead. Talk about how someone's actions made you feel. Go ahead. I heard you say okay. No, I was saying I, I, I was about to tell you give some give some examples of what below hitting below the belt is. is. You know? Oh, yeah. that's anything. If you know, if if you know, you know, your wife went to the salon, didn't you know, got a haircut, they messed her hair up, and didn't like it, and, and you don't like it, and she's feeling, you know, she had to wait months for her hair to grow back. Okay, and. You know, she's feeling some kind of way about it, you know, although she get it, you know, styles, try to get it style, look cute, weight is acceptable to her. Don't get in an argument and then start talking about with your ugly behind haircut. <laughs> you knew that girl couldn't do hair in the first place. You knew that girl couldn't do hair in the first place. I don't even know why you how you went to her. You know, Below the bill, where you already know she's feeling some kind of way about the haircut, but she's stuck now because she got to live with it. I could have done better than mine, folks. That's hitting, you know, that's hitting below the belt. That's hitting below the belt. And, ladies, a lot of things that 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 we do, because for men it's mostly they they they'll insult you know a woman's appearance because they know that's where they can hurt a man. Men, their thing is their ability to provide. So if he's not working, yeah, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, because see, you got the men, but ladies, let me tell you something. All right, when you talk about hitting below the belt, stop talking about. I'm talking about with your two minute self. You know, your five minute self. Yeah, that's it below the belt too. Alright? And cause we know they do it down there, they know that shit in a heartbeat. You know? Throw that pinky up in the air. Look at look at you. No, no, we not doing that, okay? Don't don't do that, baby. You know, because we know y'all you know, women hit below the belt harder than men do. So yeah. Because so women physically go below the belt. So stop that, women. Stop that, ladies, okay? All right, go ahead, P. Right, so <laughs> you, you would break that up. See, yeah. so, so, you know, you know. also, you know, what I, what I was going to say, you know, men, men you know, if, if they're a provider, allow them to be that. Don't always counsel anyway. You know, I pay most of the bills around here with that little check you bring home. For real, for real, you're supposed to be one. You know, don't don't do that. Don't attack his self worth because that, that's what you do. Mm. And, and 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 greater than anything else, that's the one thing. When you attack a man's self worth, that's going to cause him to shut down on you. And then you're going to wonder why he's not talking to you. You're going to wonder why he's not being affectionate with you anymore. See, you just destroyed his self worth. And 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 sometimes, ladies, believe it or not, that's the point of no return. Ooh, say that again. Yeah, that's the point of no return, especially when 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 they've been doing everything that they could possibly do to maintain a happy household. You know, even giving up some of their liberty so that even though you make more money, they're still able to provide for you. 
and this is what you bring because you got a disagreement over whatever. This is what you say. Okay, that that sometimes that you, you but you don't want to get there. Okay, so you have to be cognizant of that. You know, mm-hmm. you have to be cognizant of that. And 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 don't say, oh, I ain't mean it because you're lying. You thought about it. It's been on your mind. And rather than bring it to the table and talking about it, saying that this bothers you, and 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 and, and talking about it in a in a in a productive way, you want to be counterproductive and and throw it up because you don't got with your little girlfriends and allowed them to blow your head up talking about what your man ain't doing, but you had a happy marriage before. I'm just saying, mm-hmm. keep your problems with the household. You ain't talk to your husband or your wife about it. Don't talk to your coworkers. Don't talk to your girlfriends. Don't talk to your best friends. See, you keep running. And you keep flapping your lips. Your best friend will be with what used to be yours, and you'll wonder why she's riding in a Mercedes and you ain't. Another thing: don't generalize. Avoid words like never or always. Such generalizations are usually inaccurate and will heighten tensions. See, that's them imagination. That's them imagination. See, that example I just got, you know, that I just gave earlier. You know, it was just one bill that wasn't getting paid, but you said all the bills. See, avoid make-believe statements, exaggerating or inventing a complaint or your feelings about it. Because that prevents the real issues from surfacing. Stick with the facts and your honest feelings. Don't be imagining stuff. Don't be make-believing stuff. Don't be living in a fairy tale. If that ain't what it is, then 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 don't add that to 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 the issue. Be honest. Trying to make somebody feel bad. By remember, you know, it was my birthday and you forgot about my birthday. So at the last minute, you gave me just a little birthday card, and that's all I got. Okay, you don't exaggerate it now because he didn't just give you a little. She didn't just give you a little birthday card. They also cook dinner for you. So what's that? See, now you you saying somebody got forgotten? How was it last minute if they cooked the whole dinner for you? See that exaggeration stuff, or trying to invent a, invent a complaint, you know, because it's something you want, but you don't want to bring that subject up. You want to make somebody feel guilty first before you bring up what you really want. Don't do that. Tell the truth. Stick with what the real facts of the matter were, and don't stop, pal. Don't keep holding stuff and holding stuff, you know, for a long period of time. You know, you storing up lots of grievances, personal over time, that's counterproductive. It'll be almost impossible to deal with numerous old problems for which interpretations may differ. So what you want to do is deal with them as they come up. You know, those are old. Yeah. And last week, what you did, you got a tickler file. You're just ticking off stuff. And half the stuff that people don't even remember. Mm. And the other extreme... Avoid clamming up. When one person becomes silent and stops responding to the other, frustration and anger, I ain't going to say can result, it will result. 
somebody going to get mad because you ain't talking and they're going to want to do something to you. I'm just telling you. See? So in order for, you know, positive results to happen, there has to be two, two-way communication. One person can't be talking. You both have to talk. Right. See? If that person is talking and they get silent and you keep saying, I'm listening, no, that's your turn to have some input. Let them listen for a while. Maybe they want to hear your voice. Maybe they want to hear what mm-hmm. you got to say. Mm-hmm. See? And these are tips, you know, they can be found on the website. Um, the source is the Counseling and Mental Health Center at the University of Texas of, of um, Austin. All of these tips, all of these things. This is not P. Ross making this up. This is stuff we research. We are not counselors. We are not professionals. We're just putting the information out there, which we research. Not saying that it's going to fix your relationship because you're the only one that can determine that. But we're just giving you some mm. skills that you that you can, you know, utilize. See? And another thing is that, you you know, you got to learn how to listen. Because mm-hmm. most of the time when are upset, the words they say, that they really say what the issues are, that are really at the heart of the problem, it, 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 they hardly come out. Just the emotional, just the emotion is set for. See, but when yeah. we when we listen for what is being felt as well as said, then we can connect more deeply to our own needs and emotions and those of other people. See, not listening and getting ready for a, a, a response. Because once we begin to really listen, it also allows us to get the information that it that we need, and it makes it easy for others to hear us. You know. Yeah. And, yeah. and these even are if you have to become a parent, and re- <laughs> even if, and you have, if you have to become a parent and re- and uh, repeat what they said, it's okay to do and that. Yeah. You know that yeah. way they they that way they they will understand that you. Understand what they're saying, and you have actually listened and heard what they were saying. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry, but here's another thing I found. Look them in their eyes. You know, don't be looking down or around. Look them directly in their eyes. Yeah. That lets them know that you are paying attention. You know, you are focused on them. You know, not that you one big toe is longer than the other or anything like that. You're paying attention to your spouse, your mate. Okay? Uh-huh. All right, I'm done. Go ahead. I know yeah. I and, <laughs> and some of the points is listen to the reason the other person gives for being upset. You know, listen to why they say they're upset. Make sure you understand what the other person is telling you from his or her point of view, not from what you think. Understand it from their point of view. And what Mr. Talk just said, repeat the other person's words and ask if you have understood correctly. Ask if anything remains unspoken, giving the person time to think before answering. 
Resist the temptation to interject your own point of view until the other person has said everything he or she wants to say and feels that you have listened and understood his or her message. Another thing that you you want to do is to encourage the other person to share his or her issues as fully as possible. You might say, I want to understand what has affected you. You know, another thing is you might say, I want to know what you are really hoping for. What what, what do you desire out of this outcome? Clarify the real issues. Rather than making assumptions, ask questions that allow you to gain this information and which let the other person know you are trying to understand. You know, ask them, can you say more about that? Or is that the way it usually happens? Restate what you have heard, which is what we have said, so you are both able to see what has been understood so far. It may be that the other person will then realize that your additional information is needed. Mm-hmm. See, reflect on their feelings. Be as clear as as, as possible. See, you know, I one phrase is I can imagine how upsetting that must have been. And we talked about this at the beginning of this. Validate that person's concerns. Validate that that their feelings. Even if a, a solution is elusive at the time, expressing appreciation can be a very powerful message if it is conveyed with integrity and respect. One of the phrases they, they have here, I really appreciate that you are talking about this issue. I'm glad that we're trying to figure this out. See? See? So so those are some of the things that, that, that we can use and some of the skills that you can use. And, and those um, last few suggestions, the source of that uh, research was from the University of Wisconsin in Madison. See, so so when, when we're talking about conflict resolution, the biggest thing is that we have to communicate, but we have to be in an environment where communication is possible. We have to be honest with each other and with ourselves first, not trying to throw off on the other person. If you're wrong, say you're wrong. If you did it, say you did it. It doesn't take anything away from you. But what it does, it opens the door for a more open and honest communication. And that way your spouse, your wife, your medical member, you know, they they can trust you. And as they see that you're really listening to them and you're really concerned about what they have to say, they're going to open up even more. And it's only going to make the bond stronger. But, you know, when you exaggerate, when you clam up, you know, when when you're not listening, when you, your mouth is saying one thing and your body is saying something else, you shut down all probability of coming to a good resolution. So we throw out these skills for you to use. You can look them up on the website. Um, Mr. Talker, are you going to put this article on your website? Because it has all the information. Yeah. Yep. So you can go there, you know, if you want a reminder, you know, because um, in any relationship, there is going to be conflict. How you handle that conflict 
can be a benefit or it can be a loss to your relationship. It all depends on you and the way you go about it, what you choose to do. Hey, we just had to put the information out there, and we do hope it was helpful. That's it? Yeah, well, we hope it was helpful for some of y'all out there because I'm sure somebody out there needs it or can use some of that. Now, you know, let's go on, let's go on a bit, bring it on down, bring it on down. We know all those those tips and things that we were giving to you may not work for everyone, all right? But hopefully you have some idea that you can use in your everyday life to fix your personality and your spouse's personality to where you can uh, 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 avoid conflict, a lot of conflict in, in your relationships. Okay, it, it's it's work. As people say, why are you saying it's work? Because it is. It's work. You know, being in a relationship takes a lot of work, a lot of work. You know, it's not something that you just let just it just flows all day long. No, but there are going to be conflict. But the the, the most important part is. How do you handle the conflicts when they are presented to you, or you present them to your your mate? How do you handle these conflicts? And that was the purpose of today's show to give you other avenues to use, just in case you have run out of uh, ways to to bring up points or just have discussions. But the biggest one of the biggest things as far as as having a discussion with your spouse or mate. And actually, coming to a resolution is a lot of times we don't listen to them and electronics. Electronics. Now, tell us if you know your what your wife or your girl has a certain show she watches at a certain time. All right, don't bother her then. Don't bother her then. And this is why I'm saying is that even if you turn turn it the, the program off. She's still not going to be listening to you. You know why? Because now she's really pissed at you because she's missing her show. You know, so, and, and with ladies, you know, if your, your man likes a certain sport, now he's watching the playoffs or something, don't approach him at that time because the same thing is going to be in effect. He's not going to listen to you because he's pissed off because he may miss a last-second shot that may win the game for his team. You know, make sure you pick times that are available and easy for you, the two of you to listen to each other and really pay attention to what the issue is in the relationship. And as P said earlier, if you're upset just completely that went to left field, you went from zero to 100 0.5 seconds, that is not the time to have that conversation because you are not clearly thinking. Ladies, that go for you as well. You're not clearly thinking. Because at that point, nine times out of ten, the only thing you want to do is hurt something, say something really hurtful, really hurtful. And regardless of whether you apologize, you didn't mean it, it came out, and it will always be there. So if it's, if you need some time to back off to the, the situation, get your head together, calm down, then come back and readdress the issue. Readdress it. But now you have a calmer head. She has a calmer head. You can both listen. 
and hopefully come up with a solution. Okay? And that's just me summing up what you said, P. I'm sorry. I just had to do that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, as you said, there was a lot of information, good information put out today. You know, and and I tell y'all, man, doing these shows, I learn about just as much as y'all do, believe it or not. I really do. So I'm hoping you're learning something. I mean, like I said, everything will not apply to you or your relationship. Maybe none of it does. But maybe it's just, you know, you're like, well, yeah, maybe I want to try that. Just one person. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. Just one person. Oh, and one last thing. Always think about the role you played in that conflict. Own the role that you played. Now, if you didn't play any part of it, then okay. You didn't play any part of it. But if you did, own up to it. Say you did. And just work work it out. Work it out. See, and, and, and if you go ahead and, and, and do these things, if, if in this country this type of uh, collaboration or, or conversation go on in a lot of relationships in America, we wouldn't have such a high divorce rate. We wouldn't. We wouldn't. I'm sure of that. But today, today's society, we have become such a now, now, do it now, do it now, fast. Okay, now, 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 now. I ain't got time for that. Talk to you later. Now, now, now. We we have lost the ability to sit down and have a conversation with each other, a meaningful conversation about what is bothering us. You know, your wife and your husband come home. They my back hurt. Why why your back hurt? I don't know. Okay, and that's the end of that conversation. You know, you could stop and rub the back or, you know, say, well, tell me, what you been doing today? Did you do this? Did you do that? You know, now I understand every time a woman comes in with a problem, she don't want you know, her man to solve it all the time. But, me, you know, we are problem. We are raised to be problem solvers. Okay, is it not DNA? That's what we do. If we can think we can, we can fix it, we're going to fix it. That's a good thing, though. That's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. But just remember, sometimes, you know, we have to take that step back and just, you know, let it happen. Okay? All right. Man, it's been fun. I I, I like today's show. It it was really nice. It was really nice. And y'all see, I told y'all my my co-host was the intelligent one, right? You see how she broke all that stuff down? Boy, I tell you. I guess I need to go to the ninth grade now. Uh, you know, I only finished eighth grade, so I need to go to ninth grade now so I can catch up with them. All right. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. But it's been a good show. Um, oh, yeah. The new part of the show. Um, it's time. As I said before, at the end of the show now, we're going to start doing inspirational um, poems, sayings, and what have you instead of quote of the day. And this is the first day we'll be doing it. So, Beauty, you ready? Yes. Is she not ready yet, Joe? Okay, she ready. All right, with her, so here's I heard you. Here's Pete Ross with the inspirational saying of the day. Go for it. All right. And since we were talking about conflict resolution, we're going to do 
uh, a poem, and it's written by Lee J. Colin and the L Group. And the title of the poem is When It Comes to Conflict Resolution. And it said, it's not about the plus, it's not about the minus. It's not about your win, it's about the win. It's not just about the words, it's about the sincerity behind the words. And long-distance conflict is not about email, it's about being real. With high emotion, it's not about the socks or the toothpaste, it's about something bigger. When unprepared, it's not about jumping in, it's about stepping back. With potential violence, it's not about resolution, it's about safety. It's preventing conflict. It's not about what people say. It's about what they want to say. Bottom line, it's not about letting conflict manage you. It's about you managing conflict. Remember, if necessity is the mother of invention, so create positive change in your relationship by reading, um, so create positive change in your relationship by managing the conflict. There it is. There it is. There it is right there. I can't add no more to that. that that's a good. That's good right there. I like that. Uh, especially part of say, don't let conflict manage you. You manage the conflict. I like that. Yeah. I like that. That's good stuff. Good stuff. All right. So it's time to get up out of here. Oh, before we do, um, unfortunately, we will not be on the air Monday. You know, due to some uh, appointments we have to make, but we will be back next Friday. Uh, of course, the website will be updated this weekend, so um, you can go and check that out. Or if you would like for me to post post it on your um, social media page, shoot me email with whatever it is, Facebook, whatever, and I'll make sure it gets there, okay? Or, you know, if you're already my Facebook friend, you know, you can go ahead and, um, you know, just make sure you ain't got me blocked where I can't do it. Let me know it's okay to do it, okay? That way everybody on your page gets some good knowledge as well. All right, Pete. Last words. Talk to me. Oh, so just 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 remember, you know, in understanding conflict um, resolution or any impasse that we we have in our lives, you know, it's up to us. You know how we handle it. You know the words that we say. You know the Bible says that life and death is in the power of the tongue. So be careful whether you are speaking life or death. To your mate, to your to your spouse, because we always want to speak life. We always want to encourage them. We always want to inspire them to be the best that they can be, because that enables your relationship to grow, to strengthen, to be one that God created it to be, to be one of love and security. So remember that when you're speaking to them, regardless of what the conflict is, you know you are more than that. You are overcomers. And you know how to live above this one world system. That is. There it is. All right. Thank you, P. I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Good stuff once again. Good job on, on the show today. Um, yeah, it's time to run right out of here now. All right, y'all. So uh, remember, no show Monday. Website will be updated this weekend. Next show next Friday. Of course, you look for the postings. We'll put it up there as soon as we figure out what we're going to do. All right, so remember, keep smiling, show appreciation, give with open heart, but make sure you forgive yourself first. And the biggest, best thing, learn to laugh at yourself, because laugh at yourself, everything else is gravy. Cuz, let me know how I did today. Um, uh, uh, so, 
Until next Friday, 2 p.m. Central, 3 Central, 12 Pacific, 1 Mountain Time. Go take y'all out here with some Despacito, the English version, man. I'll tell you, I love this song. Y'all have a good one. Enjoy your weekend. And we'll see you back here next week on Let's Talk. Peace. In my direction Just thankful for that it's Such a blessing, yeah Turn every situation into heaven, yeah oh, oh, you are My sunrise on the darkest day Got me feeling some kind of way Make me want to savor every moment Slowly, slowly You fit me, tell me, love how you put it on Got the only key, know how to turn it on The way you never lie, my ear, the only words I wanna hear Baby, take it slow so we can last long Tú, tú eres el imán y yo soy el metal Me voy acercando y voy armando el plan Solo con pensarlo se acelera el pulso Oh yeah, ya, ya me está gustando más de lo normal Todos mis sentidos van pidiendo más Esto hay que tomarlo sin ningún apuro Despacio Quiero respirar tu cuello despacito Deja que te diga cosas al oído Para que te acuerdes si no estás conmigo Despacito Quiero desnudarte a besos despacito Firmo en las paredes de tu laberinto Y hacer de tu cuerpo todo un manuscrito This is 
how we do it down in Puerto Rico. I just wanna hear you screaming, ay bendito. I can go forever con lo estoy contigo. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.